Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico and see all the ways that you can save. It's Friday, it's August 4th, and the moment you've all been waiting for is here. Mike Clay in the building. What's going on? What's going on? It's been a while. I haven't been on this show in in quite a while. For those uh, that are wondering where exactly has Mike Clay been, now is the time for you to reveal to the entire audience that you have taken up a professional bodybuilding career. That's it. I was doing that. I went, I started the program with a darkness retreat. Okay. I mean, things are going so well for Aaron in New York and yeah. like, it's, I thought they haven't lost a game since he got there. Exactly. They are oh, no wait until last. Until last. No until, anyway. details. Yeah. Yeah. So um, hadn't lost yeah. a game. Yeah, that's it. That's right. Are you so, on to the well, ayahuasca portion of your uh, training? I'm not there that, yet. Not there I'm getting yet. There. When does that figure, take place? I, I think hey, you like, want to give me a call when you uh, get there? September 7th, when season oh, oh, wow. like, <laughs> Actually, right <laughs> before Mike's final top 200 are available, the that's ayahuasca yeah. kicks that's in. That's right? the rankings yeah. you want. So wow, you want. wow. Mike, really yeah. bullish this year on Rashim J. Like, you know, like, who? How? how is Calvin Johnson still your wide receiver three this year, uh-huh. right? Yeah, uh, Jason Brownlee, top 10 after last night. Yeah, I mean, look good. Best player on the field last night, right? So, facts. These are facts. Yeah, that's actually a real dynasty sleeper, although he probably won't play this year. This is going to be like like Victor Cruz. Remember, like, he just tore up the preseason two years in a row, and then you just had to keep him stashed for like two years. Right, right, right. There's always that. I do love the, like, I, I mean, it's such a hard thing in the preseason because. I'm so excited for football. And I am one of those people that like, even though it's the preseason opener and even though it's a Hall of Fame game and no one's playing, like, yes, I get excited to watch some football last night. Yeah, definitely. On top of that, like for the past 10 or so days, like I have been consuming a ton of these, you know, training camp Mm write-ups. And I have been following like which players seem to be like standing out, Jason Brownlee with the New York Jets. And you're like, oh my God, like, do I have to go trade for this guy in Dynasty? Or like, am I using a late round pick on these guys? And I'm balancing that against the fact that like the numbers tell us historically that like for every like 25 really cool training camp standouts, like three of them actually matter that that upcoming season. Oh yeah. And I mean, top 30 fantasy performances are mostly day one and two picks anyway. It's like almost all of them. And then there's yeah, especially for rookies, it takes a while. Like even a guy like Julian Edelman, like it took a while. It took a few years, yeah. right? Those guys tend to like a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, a fourth round pick a couple of years ago for him to do what he did as a rookie. Like very rare, extremely rare, like 99th percentile rare. Like so. in or out on him this year. I'm on over good. I'm still uh, in. We're Get good. I mean, in. He, was, he was pretty yeah. good last year, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah I've got him as wide receiver six. So uh, in on Amon Ra, the rare fourth round pick to make a mark right away on the, the way, show today. I like your shirt. Is that, oh, Dan, thank you. is that Dan Flash's? Dan, Dan Flash's Flash shirt? The no, is that, is that a company? The, the patterns a, are really complicated. That's a Robax oh, shirt, isn't This it? is a Robax shirt. Yeah, yeah. I it's thought it was Dan surfers Flash's. Surfers and Winnebago's and uh, surfboards waves. and waves and a moon. So thank I, you for asking, I, Mike. Neither, neither of you got that reference? Do, who'd you say? Dan somebody? Dan Flash's? Dan Flash's. No. All right, that's if you know, you know. If people, Some some people are watching right now and they're like, yep, I got Have we gotten to the point where Mike Clay is doing the pop culture references on the podcast now? right, and this is an easy one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's that? All right. Now that I have a computer in front of me. Dan Flash's. I want a Dan Flash. The more complicated the pattern, the more expensive the shirts are. That just sounds like me getting arrested. I don't know what you're talking about. What is Dan Flash's? That looks like a $800 shirt, I would say. Okay. I have seen this on the internet. I was not aware of what Dan Flash's actually actually is so mike is educating us look at mike's versatility he can lift weights he can give you fantasy football advice and he can also drop pop culture references that fly directly over the head of 55 burgers 55 hot dogs 55 french fries 
I don't know. So nothing's fine. All right, so I think you should deal. leave. Okay. So I think you should leave. Oh, I think you should leave. Oh, wait. No, you're really. not telling me to leave. No, I really think you should leave. I actually think you should leave. Sorry. Daniel and I uh, spend our entire summer getting ready for the fantasy season, so we're too busy grinding um, to no. actually watch things on the internet. So Tim, what's his name? Tim Tim Robinson. Tim yes. Robinson, yeah. I was watching quarterback and then I flipped over to I think you should leave. I think you're gonna be on the second season of quarterback from what I hear. Yeah. coming up on the show today, we're gonna do tight end tiers. We're gonna cover the last position that we have not yet covered. Actually, there'll be a bonus episode. It's for degenerates only, kickers and defense over the weekend. It'll appear live on Daniel's Instagram feed. So That's go right. watch Daniel on us. Uh, you're just at Daniel Dapp on Instagram, right? Uh, Instagram, no, you're something to, break. something to break. Something to break. Something to break. Something to break, including breaking down defenses and kickers yeah, we're gonna do long over the weekend. On Sunday. Uh, plus, we have, here's what we thought to do, is that we've gone through the four, or we will have gone through the four major positions by maybe halfway through the show. Mike is going to unveil his top 30 because it's great to know that, okay, you love yourself, Justin Jefferson and Austin Eckler and Travis Kelsey. Big spoiler alert there. (laughs) But how do they all fit uh, in the context of an overall board? So we'll have that from Mike. But let's get right to uh, the tight end tiers, Daniel. And um, I'll just shake it away from here to kind of ping pong the way through the next 25 or so tight ends. Heck yeah. Let's jump right in. Tier one, spoiler alert. This one I was shocked by. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You've been playing fantasy football for a long time, then it sounds like. It is is Travis Kelsey. I'm actually proud of this one. So I don't know if we have the tiers graphic or not up there for those that are watching. Please subscribe to the ESPN NFL YouTube page, by the way. But I decided to name each of my tiers. And for tier one of tight ends, I named it Travis Kelsey. That is the name. That of the was tier. the name of the tier. It's Travis okay, so Kelsey. Who's in the tier then? Uh, Travis Kelsey. Oh, okay. Travis Kelsey. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, okay. Jason, right. honorary member of this tier, but just Travis. Honestly. Uh, I think like after he retires, the first tier should still be called Travis Kelsey. Oh, it'll be Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Oh, don't don't you make any mistakes about that. It'll still be Travis Kelsey. But yes, I mean, the bigger question is not whether or not you're taking Travis Kelsey first amongst tight ends. It's how soon is too soon for Travis Kelsey. And I'm here to tell you right now, there is a logical, I think, sound argument that Travis Kelsey can be the number one overall pick in fantasy football because on top of the fact that he is one of the best players, regardless of position in fantasy, you are getting a massive positional edge every single week as we saw last year over the course of 18 total weeks he had more than 100 points than the second highest scoring tight end I think we all have some optimism that guys like Mark Andrews and Darren Waller will be better than they were last season that being said death taxes Travis Kelsey absolutely Mm -hmm. delivering he has six straight 1,000 yard seasons I would be stunned if he did not have another 1,000 yard season as a matter of fact in an offseason in which Andrews went to a or has a has a more crowded pass to catcher exactly. group in Baltimore and you know maybe even TJ Hawkinson with Jordan Addison, Addison maybe yeah. a better player than Adam Thielen at this juncture of his career like Travis Kelsey it's him and then it's question marks in the Chiefs offense they're going to figure it out but Travis Kelsey should smash this year so here's my question field because you said we talked about for me it was two things how high do you draft him okay fine with 1.01 obviously I have him as tight end one as well but he is doing things at this tight end position at an age that I'm wondering, when do you decide I want to be the guy that doesn't draft Travis Kelsey because now you're drafting him too early and you're going to see that fall off. And I'm not suggesting this year. We had this conversation even last year. Yeah. We're talking about uh, Kelsey and Andrews. I want to answer this before we get to tier two and let Mike sort of rip away from there. But um, there are certain people, there are certain athletes in life that I've just decided, like, I'll be a year too early rather than a year too late. I'm sorry. I'll be a year too too late late. rather than a year too early on counting them out. Right? Like, 
I was this way with Tom Brady when Tom Brady was at the apex of his game. It's like, you know what? Yeah, he's 43, but he still might set the record for most passing yards in a single season because he's Tom freaking Brady. If Travis Kelsey goes for like 600 yards and is a shell of himself at the end of this year, I will feel absolutely zero guilt about being as optimistic as I am on him right now. If you just didn't know what age he was and watched him from the past couple of years, you'd say everything about him is elite. Incredible after the catch, makes the ridiculous catches look easy. Nothing about him suggests a guy in his early 30s. Yeah, and age is a real thing in terms of drop-off, right, for players. But if you look at the list of exceptions, like the guys that are, let's say, you know, age 30 for a running back or early 30s for a receiver or late 30s for a tight end, like Tony Gonzalez, the most recent, you know, age 30 uh, tight end to uh, have a top five fantasy season, um, it's superstars, right? I mean, for receivers, it's a little bit of slot guys that could soak up a lot of catches, but sure. otherwise it is the superstars. And Travis Kelsey, we know, is on another level from yep. everyone else. So yep. he might have three, four more years of superstars because Tony Gonzalez did that, right? Like, he, oh, yeah. he, we've already seen it before. His Atlanta chapter, like I think, began later than where Travis Kelsey is now age-wise, and he was mm-hmm. really good for Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, take, you know, not that this is some sort of mystery, but, you know, it's speaking to people in Kansas City, and I, I almost felt ridiculous asking the question but i did it as like a responsibility like hey is there anything you've seen that suggests he's not that guy anymore not a thing not Mm -hmm. a peep as good as he ever looks so if it does happen that he regresses this year it'll be a surprise to me and more importantly it'll be a surprise to everybody in kansas city as well yeah and that was i mean two years ago his efficiency was way down and his target share was a career low and i had some concerns about that last year that's why i had andrews ahead of him and he put that to bed Really quick, and by the way, they they're not they're not like fixed at wide receiver. Like they still they need to run this offense through there. Yep. Travis Kelsey. I think what happened two years ago was just remember every everybody was running that the too high shell on Kansas City, and it took a while. Like their offense efficiency dropped off, and it took a basically a full season for them to figure out how to to work with that. And that that changed last year with no Tyree Kill. That yeah. shell was kind of gone. I also think that for me, part of the reason why he's in this tier is because of that chip he's going to have on his shoulder after Taylor Swift turned him down mm. before the season started. It's a good point. Thing. It's yeah. a really good call. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. Like, yeah. Hey. want to show her you made a mistake. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, she's an Eagles. Did you fan, go to so. a Taylor Swift concert this I summer? I have not. I have not. I couldn't pull it off, but wow. maybe someday. Too busy lifting. Let's get to tier two That's then. Right. Tier two. We've got some elite tight ends. That's the name. Elite Gates. tight ends. Elite yeah. Tight Four ends. guys that okay. check this box. Mark Andrews, my little brother, TJ Hawkinson, yeah. Darren your Waller. Big brother. Yeah. Well, my big little brother. Much larger than you. Yes. And then uh, George Kittle. Really, there's there's one question mark for me here. Mark Andrews has been in Baltimore. We know what he is. TJ Hawkinson, we know what he is. George Kittle, we know what he is. Mm. Darren Waller moving from the Raiders to the Giants with Daniel Jones now under center, or not now under center, but now as his quarterback. He's looking like he's going to be the potential number one pass catcher in this offense field. The question for me is, what's he going to look like now in this Giants offense rather than being with Derek Carr? Uh, well, I think that there's a case that he's a lot better than he was uh, in recent seasons in Las Vegas. Now, let's start here before you say it. I know it. He has to stay healthy. I get that. All right. And him staying healthy is something that's been a problem in recent years. I can't predict whether or not he's going to stay healthy this year. I'm hoping he does. I'm hoping he's re-energized. He got traded. It was not a good fit last year with Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. If you read any practice report or you just put your brain on for a second, you would realize that he is by far the most talented pass catcher in New York. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for players in the tight end category that have a legitimate shot to dominate the targets for their team. I would argue that besides Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller has the clearest path 
of all tight ends in fantasy this year. Yeah, yeah I agree. Question. And my favorite thing about Darren Waller is way cheaper than all these other guys in drafts. Mm, yes, I mean, is. his ADP and and like uh, like best ball leagues right now, you have like Kelsey's in the first round, Andrews in the second, and then yeah. you get into like Hawkinson in the third, and then it's like fifth round for like Kittle and those kind of guys, and then it's like Waller in the seventh. Yeah, like it's just. It's way too low. Like he's he's very underrated right now. So he's been one of my favorite targets in early drafts so yeah, far. Again, just to just to reiterate that point, if you were to list every tight end that has a chance to lead his team in targets, Travis Kelsey, the no brainer number one pick. But just go through some of the next ones. George Kittle could be fourth. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise you, right? Yeah. Yeah. TJ Hawkinson could certainly be third behind the two receivers in Minnesota. He's not going to be first because that's mm-hmm. going to be Justin Jefferson. Mark Andrews, I think, has a chance to lead Baltimore in targets. But it's now Mark Andrews and not like Demarcus Robinson and like yeah. Willie Sneed. Now it's Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman as the third wide receiver. It's just a different path to greatness for Mark Andrews this year, even though I have him number two amongst tight ends. Mm-hmm. Fields, when you're looking at tight ends, and maybe you haven't done enough mock drafts yet to be here, but is there a tier? Is this a tier that you find yourself drafting a fair amount, or do you find more value later on in the tight end tiers? Uh, I, I would say that, uh, and some of this is some scar tissue from recent years, I try to land one of the first like seven or, uh, let's see, uh, nine tight ends on my board. Okay. I do feel a pretty precipitous drop-off that starts to make me a little bit nervous I think I, I I am overreacting this year to tight ends and quarterbacks after being burned pretty badly with some substandard quarterback play. And tight ends, as we know, they're always really hard to find. Yes, they are. All right, let's move to tight end three or tier three then. I think this is pretty simple so far. At the top of the tight end tier, we've been looking at these guys. It makes a lot of sense. Tier three is the starting tight end tier field. You can walk away from your fantasy drafts with any of these guys as your starting tight end. Yeah, and I feel pretty good about them. It was kind of hard to figure out exactly where to draw the line between tier three, uh, sorry, tier two and tier, tier three. three. But Dallas Goddard, Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram, Pat Fryermuth, the name that I'm sure sticks out like a sore thumb to people, is Kyle Pitts. Yep. And I talk about this every year. There are players that you just don't want to draft some years because you have decided that you are out on them. They have burned you in the past. You had high hopes for them in prior seasons. They did not deliver on those hopes. If I'm going to die on the hill of a player, I am going to die on the hill of a player who, despite the fact that he's in his third NFL season, is still only 22 years old. And that when I say he is the most athletic tight end that we have perhaps ever seen, I am not speaking with hyperbole. I am saying that as a matter of fact. I mean, he is maybe Vernon Davis, a little bit more juice. Uh, he is that special of a talent. As we know, Kyle Pitts has been failed by bad quarterback play and an injury last year. I get it. Those things are not necessarily a guarantee to change this year. We hope, like every player, he stays healthy. There are questions. I mean, there are people that are not sold yet on Desmond Ritter. The Falcons are saying all the right things right now. I get it. Um, But when I'm at this spot of my draft, Mike, maybe you feel differently. There are guys who are behind Kyle Pitts who probably represent a higher floor. I think Pat Fryermuth is like a really good bet for like at least 100 targets Mm -hmm. this year. I don't think there's anybody from this point on that has a chance to be the second highest scoring tight end in fantasy if a few things break right. And I think it's going to maybe it's more than a few. But Kyle Pitts still offers that kind of upside. You know what? You're a smart guy. You're, wow! All right, you're, you're a smart guy. Wow, that's exactly the you and I. I feel like you and I talked about them the last pod. I think you exact should leave. same analysis, right? Like I listen all to these the guys after, yeah. like they just don't have the ceiling. There's no, I don't see any guys here who are like like Ingram, Firemuth, and Joku, and we'll go on and on to others. Wow. Like, are they have league winning upside? Or are they just like we're just they're just they can no. hold down the four and give me no, eight points this week, it. right? They're I not going to score yeah. a lot of touchdowns. Like Pitts is a potential league winning player, and he's going way cheaper 
way later in drafts than he than he did last year. And remember, he already sort of broke out at age 20. He was over a thousand yards for a 20 year old tight end. That is unheard of. Ridiculous in the NFL. Like he is legit. He didn't and, have he had one touchdown during his rookie season that, of course, came mm-hmm. on foreign soil. It wasn't even in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, so I guess in some ways, uh, like Kyle Pitts can be a bit of like, how do you choose to view things? You can view th- you can view him through the prism of again at twenty years old had the second most receiving yards by a rookie tight end ever, or in his first two seasons he had one in which he had just one touchdown and the second in which he was criminally underutilized. I think you have to ask yourself this question when it comes to Kyle Pitts: Is do you think the problems are about Kyle Pitts or the problems about other things? And do you think those other things are solved? And no. some of it might be like a faith based play in. Des- so you say no? No, I you're don't. out on Kyle Pitts. I'm like, not tell necessarily out on Kyle okay. Pitts, but I'm definitely not as excited about Kyle Pitts as you guys are because I don't think a lot of this is about Kyle Pitts. We watched him last year have an unbelievably high target share, super deceiving number mm-hmm. because they didn't throw the ball enough. He had 59 targets last year, so it was like about six per game for Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts, which is not enough for what Kyle Pitts is gonna, like. What we want him to do in order to break out and be that guy that we're thinking is going to be outside of this tier is going to top this tier for me this offense adding B. John Robinson who's going to get 300 to 350 plus touches plus they still have Drake London I do think Kyle Pitts will get his but I don't think that Kyle Pitts is going to be the guy the focal point because of the other two young studs in this offense including the quarterback where there are question marks so I'll I'll throw this at you Daniel there are guys that are going to be drafted just after Kyle Pitts that had by a lot of people's estimations, like really solid season. Yep. Pat Fryermuth, really solid last year, right? Pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Komet, solid last year, yep. right? Uh, another example, Tyler Higby. Uh, so Pat Fryermuth, 63 catches for 732 yards last year. Yep. Cole Komet, really solid. 50 catches for 544 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, I mentioned Tyler Higby, really solid. 72 catches for 620 yards. That's 8.6 yards per catch, by the way. Yep. Uh, three touchdowns. If... Kyle Pitts has like a really solid season this year. It might be like 72 catches for 975 yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah. It's a different category of upside relative to these players because athletically he plays a different position than everybody else at the tight end spot. Yeah. I'm with you. And six targets per game isn't is, is better when you consider that he let, he's led the position in average up the target both seasons too. So it's more vertical. Yep. Touchdowns kind of came around a little bit last year for him, you know, to some extent. And also they've said they want to open up the offense a little bit more, right? They don't want to be quite oh. as run heavy as they did last season. I'm glad so. they said that, but I mean, that I can totally mean, believe them, but now. that can mean one more target per game. I mean, they were really run heavy because Marcus Mariota was so off. Off target last year, right? So, yeah. I, I, were you look, going I with get, awful, I, and then you were like, "Do I not be mean and just say off target?" I mean, both yeah, terms apply. Yeah, both were uh, correct. I'm, yeah, he sometimes I do that with like, I'll be like, "Running this team has a really easy schedule," and I'll be like, "That seems mean." I'll say like they have a light schedule or something, light or, schedule, or, yeah. or they're they're bad at this position. No, they're they're underwhelming at this. You know. So I want to. I just want to re- just sum it up with this. I'm with you guys on the ceiling, the upside for Kyle Pitts, definitely bigger than all of the rest of these guys here. I think field, the way that you've laid it out, there is a chance that the floor for some of these other guys might be higher based on how this offense works out. But I totally understand Kyle Pitts can be better than where he's at, but there is a reason field why you have him in tier three and not in tier two because of what's happened over the last two years. Correct. No doubt. I mean, there is some people that are going to be like, I'm scarred in some ways from Kyle Pitts, right? Like, and he's coming back from an MCL injury, which is still something that we, yeah, you know. I mean, it, it's, it's a real thing. Like I play in a salary cap league. He had, and I thought last year getting him in the first year of his contract for 10% of the salary cap felt like a steal for me. Mm-hmm. We had to make our decision on keepers recently. And I thought about it 10% of the cap, 
for Kyle Pitts should not be a thing that you're scared of that you debate over. I kept him and I feel I'm, I'm certainly optimistic that it's going to be a worthwhile investment, but uh, my, how things have changed. I thought at the end of that draft, I truly thought that was the best pick that I made was Kyle Pitts at 10% of the cap. Now I am like a little queasy over the idea that I don't have that extra 10% to work with when we do the rest of our salary cap draft a little bit later on this month. I, th- I think you'll, I think uh, that'll work out for you. You know I what? Think you will. I mean, by the way, if you're making a list of like who is the most likely tight end to be picked number one next year in drafts, like Travis Kelsey's probably still one, yeah. maybe Mark Andrews, like Pitts is it's there. Like he, yeah. he's definitely ahead of like Waller and like certainly Firemuth and Ingram and all these other guys. A lot of these other yeah. guys are talking Upside. about Kittle. Yeah. I mean, just to have, getting that path, like having that ceiling is massive because look, if Pat Fryermuth doesn't work out for you, you're also like you have Pat Fryermuth, you're like, fine, I'll get a, I'll get decent points. But like if he doesn't work, you know, if, if Pitts doesn't work out and you have to put in like Higby or Conklin or something, or you're getting late in drafts, like it's not that much of a gap to Fryermuth, right? It's totally just agree. not. That's yep. why Pitts is worth it yeah. in this part of the draft. All right, let's talk to uh, number tier number four, which tier I've labeled four. solid starting tight ends. And these guys do offer some different things within this tier. So they're not exactly identical players, but I kind of feel like the value is similar. So why don't you give us the names, Daniel? Yeah, so we're going to start with David and Joe, who obviously okay. in Cleveland, hoping to take the next step with Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Tyler Higby, who we just mentioned, was a target monster last year when uh, Cooper Cup ended up going down. Dalton Schultz feels like a goatee song. Dalton Schultz feels like somebody that I used to know. I feel like wow. we're not interested in Dalton Schultz. I got that one. Right now yeah, me that too. he is yeah. in a Texans offense with CJ One Stroud. hit wonder. Yeah. Did you write that on your note? I did. You somebody prepared that. You prepared that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, Those you gotta, guys. you know, I just want to make sure I don't forget it. There's a lot of things in the note. <laughs> but doesn't he? Like, I, last year, we were all in on Dalton Schultz in that, tech, in that Cowboys offense. We were pumped about it. But now, as the starting tight end in Houston... I'm yeah, not, it hits not, differently. I'm not out, yes, but it just hits differently because Yeah, of he was like a fringe, like top seven or eight tight end going into drafts last year. Now he's more of like fringe top 12 tight end. And so then Fields, you got the Cole, discount there. Cole Komet at the bottom of this list. Cole Komet just got paid like yeah. mm-hmm. big money. Yep. Following the money, one of the things that we talk about, um, is this a situation where the Chicago Bears are saying, hey, we are expecting you to be a, a part, a big part of our offense here. I think they're expecting him to be a big part of their offense, but they're also expecting DJ Moore to be a big part of their offense and Darnell Moody to be a big part of their offense and Chase Claypool to be a bigger part of their offense. And they're going to have a balanced backfield. So yeah, I think, I think that Cole Komet could have a season kind of like last year, comparable to last year, 50 ish catches, 10 or 11 yards per catch. He's a good red zone player. So probably have a half dozen or so touchdowns. So um, I think that the bears improved passing attack will help Cole Komet's production on a per attempt basis go up. Sure. I just think that the number of players around him is so significant now that it's hard for me to get super enthused and have him any higher in my tight end rankings. Yeah, we have to we have to hope he's more consistent than last year, though. Remember, he had zero I mean, catches was, in the first two games, no double-digit games until week nine, that oh, was, and then it was a touchdown barrage. I definitely, I mean, <laughs> did I have him in the War Room League? <laughs> no, oh, knew right. all about it. That's that's right. Right. We talked yeah. about that one and Justin Fields. <laughs> did you bench him for week 10 and then the rest? Uh, I think I dropped scoring. him, like, the week before he went off. Like, yeah, I'm just telling you, my, like, the pixie dust was just was was sprinkled over mm-hmm. me before the season last year in war room and uh a woe be gone season to borrow a term from daniel yeah. hey i'm actually higher than you guys on him by a couple spots i will say this though uh shameless plug he's featured in my players who will score fewer touchdowns column at espn plus he had seven last year three expected he was way over his head in that department which shouldn't be surprising considering how bizarre that offense was like it was just in, in it was so bad for so long and then they like the best offense in the league for six weeks. Yeah, crazy. Kind of fell apart at the end. So, um, but I am expecting them to be better, right? The O-line's yeah. o- better. The targets are better. Yeah. I think that 
there's a real uh, shot that this offense makes a huge leap. And of course, he'd be a big part of that. Two spots apart in rankings, but it sounds like you still see him in the same vein, right? Uh, like, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Fringe, yeah, starting yeah, yeah, tight yeah, yeah. ends, not a ton of upside, but I, totally serviceable if you don't have a Kelsey early. Uh, yeah, I, I just, sorry, I just said that because I was going to say something negative, but I have him two spots ahead. So I want to oh, say, oh, okay, gotcha, I, I, gotcha. Yeah, I just had to like, yeah, I still yeah. like him, but just, we've been yeah, talking, but I wanted to plug my stuff. You know, I'm good about promoting my stuff. Something to break on Instagram. Go find it. Anyway, do you have any fear that Darnell Washington? is going to take snaps away because he crushed that wide receiver conditioning test. So maybe they'll just move him from the Darnell offensive. Wright. Sorry, Darnell Wright. That's a Darnell, Darnell Washington. Uh, yeah, yes. Dang it. That's the second time I've done that. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, I think Darnell Wright will be just fine at right Ruins tackles, my joke. guess. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's a beast. There's no two ways about that. I am looking for a, an eventual um, combine that's just NFC North right tackles. Panay Sewell, Darnell Wright, mm-hmm. freak athletes. Brian right. O'Neill for the Vikings, freak athletes. Uh, depending how the how the how the Packers construct their their offensive line, like Elton Jenkins, previously a right tackle, freak athlete. So yeah, there's my uh, my super nerdy desire in life. As I just want one thing, <laughs> it's just a combine exclusively For made right up tackles. of right tackles <laughs> in the NFC North. Yeah, feel as like you guys can tell, I need to get out more. Yeah, <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up, Daniel, because uh, you, you could go through 25 or so tight ends. Uh, the next tier, and because there are some interesting upside plays, and I want to make sure that like. We're going to cover a lot of ground that we just don't have the time for this week on players we didn't rank. That's why we continue to ask people field at fantasyfocus.org. If you have rankings questions, field at fantasyfocus.org. Um, but, you know, in the interest of wanting to get to Mike's top 30, we can maybe hit this last tier and then we can really dive in on Mike's top 30 because there are some great names there for Mike. So you have these as possible starters. I think that would depend on the depth of the league, but definitely agree there's a bunch of upside plays here. Tier five tight ends. You got Gerald Everett. Yep. Greg Dulcich, mm-hmm. Dalton Kincaid, Hayden Hurst, Juwan Johnson, and Chig Okonkwo. Two things stand out to me. You've got Dalton Kincaid, a rookie at the tight end position yeah. over the incumbent Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so here's what I would say is that, like, at this point of the draft, Mike mentioned earlier how, like, just how minimal the risk is. Like, all right, if, if, I, if I light an 11th-round pick on fire on Dalton Kincaid, who cares? Right. Right? Like, you're lighting late-round picks on fire every year mm-hmm. it just you don't know which one it's going to be until about you know a quarter of the way into the season right so Dalton Kincaid I, I, I'm definitely sort of drinking uh, like taking the cheese from Buffalo right now right they are talking extensively about how like he changes the middle of the field passing game he was an unbelievable pass catcher during his final couple of seasons at Utah a little bit of an older product so maybe like what you saw last year is about what you're going to get uh, the naysayers would also point to the fact that like so much of his production came against USC in two games, but that was one of the best teams they played all year last year. So I'm, I'm in on Dalton Kincaid and uh, the bills have a Stefan Diggs alpha. There's no two ways about that, but I think there's a chance like there's a non-zero chance that Kincaid pushes for the second most targets mm-hmm. on the team. Agree. 100% and with Josh Allen. That's yeah. good enough to justify yep. the flyer. So I'd rather hitch my wagon to a guy who has that upside. than all right. Like Jawan Johnson's going to be fine for new Orleans. He'll be fine. Good red zone player, but like, I think, I don't know. I, I think I'd be surprised if Juwan Johnson was a top 10 tight end this year, other than great touchdown look again. And I think Dalton Kincaid would be more likely 
to hit that outcome than Juwan yeah, Johnson. I, I kind of tanked Juwan Johnson in my ranks because, like, uh, they brought in Foster Moreau. They got and, Foster Moreau. They and got they just signed Jimmy Graham, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Who knows like, if he'll make the team. But I'm with I you, mean, Mike. Yeah, yeah they have yeah. a lot of, lot of uh, Taysom Hill more tight end this year. Mike, can you with espouse him. the virtues of Chico Conquo? Because uh, you yeah, also so, like Chico Conquo, and I think he's just one of those names that, like, checks the proper boxes that people should be aware of. Yeah, so he didn't really start playing at all until, like, week seven, and then yeah. the rest of the way, he barely played. played, like, a third of the snaps, averaged, like, three and a half targets per game. From week nine on, where was he among tight ends in receiving yards? Uh, 17th. Fifth. Wow. Fifth from week nine on. That's like half the season, and he was barely playing. So he was super efficient. He looks like the real deal. Mid-round pick last year. Year two is kind of a a breakout age, a leap uh, age four tight ends. And again, a team that, that, yes, they brought in DeAndre Hopkins. They have uh, uh, Traylon Burks, but still some, uh, you know, some some concerns with depth there, right? There's an opportunity. Austin Hooper's gone. Like, he is a path here to playing a big role in this uh this offense so i like him. he, he, just looks he like reminds me like not exactly the, like and i don't this this name is kind of radioactive right now but remember what he was early in his career when he was making exciting plays john smith right superb athlete who like if you get him enough touches he will ball out his yards per mm-hmm. catch last year for chico conquo and yards per catch after the catch we're really good. Again, I know top two. Both nobody them. wants yeah. Johnu Smith right now on their fantasy roster. He was a bust in New England. I get all that. What I'm saying is simply that if Chig gets opportunities, not all opportunities are created equally for tight ends. I'd rather get 70 targets from Chigo Conquo than pretty much any other athlete on the list right now. I love 100 targets, but like just if the number is equal, I'd rather Chigo Conquo getting targets than let's say Hayden Hurst in that Carolina. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you. All right. right. Field, let's pay some bills, and then we're going to come back. Talk about Mike's top 25. I can't wait. This is good stuff. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course I would. After all, who doesn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all the things in your life, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even Mike's pool, even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You can save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to Geico becomes an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply switch to Geico. or Simply go to geico.com and get a rate, quote, or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. Take your shot at huge wins with DraftKings Sportsbook. You could win big with money lines, props, parlays, and more. And right now, new customers can score $150 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 on anything. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code FFF. That's code FFF only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for prom gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Wow. So like B-plus right there. You're a little nervous yeah, because Mike's in the building. Uh-huh. B-plus. I was going to say, I thought we hired a professional to do that this Whoa! year. Whoa! Wow. That, that was pretty dark. That was a lot of words. Voiceover, that, that man. Daniel Dopp. That was well Tell done. you what. Thank you very much. Good job. Did you send Field any shirtless photos lately? No, I just post them on social now. I thought, well, okay, we need to start doing it. We talked about this yesterday. No, we don't. No, we 
talked about it. I do not need shirtless photos for Mike. Debo Samuel has been sending a lot of shirtless photos to his coach. All right, I'll start doing that for you. This just in, Debo Samuel does not crack Mike's top 30 players. What? That's because I have lingering. What'd you say about pitch? You have some lingering. Scar tissue. Scar tissue. Same. Yeah. Debo Samuel. Last year, I did not understand. Debo was like falling. Like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't getting much respect in drafts, and I didn't understand that. And uh, I was wrong because he did not live up to uh, what he did the prior season. It was all right. So I uh, just wanted to say, everybody, like we really appreciate all of Mike's efforts over the years <laughs> here on Fantasy Focus. But now that Mike has been wrong once, once in fantasy football, your I've time has come to an once. end. Do you think um, I should leave? The tribe has spoken. Get it. The tribe is spoken. I still want to go in Survivor one day. Let's talk about your top 25, Mike, and I uh, will kind of all sort of weave through this conversation. Right. Tier one, a player by himself. That is Justin Jefferson. My question would be like, is this a, a chokehold on this number one spot or is this more like, all right, I have Justin Jefferson here, but like in, if I've done mock, if I've done 10 mock drafts, well, seven yeah. of them are Justin Jefferson. Three of them are Austin Eckler. Is your Honestly, tier one called Travis Kelsey too? It is. No, it's of Justin course Jefferson. it is. Okay. Yeah, tier one, called, Travis Kelsey. It's tier. called Travis Kelsey and yeah. it's Justin Jefferson. And it's Justin Jefferson. Yeah, okay, got it. Okay. It, Kelsey's in a different tier called, <laughs> uh, I don't know, called Michael Pruitt. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, so here's the thing with, uh, I don't know what I was going to, oh yeah, so I'm working on the playbook now, so I was kind of looking through this, trying to figure out how, to, how I wanted to set that, uh, set that up for the season, or the ultimate draft board, which comes out around the marathon, and like, the reason Jefferson is in his own tier here, not with like Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey and some running backs, is that I actually like some value at running back, like a few okay. rounds later, like yeah. I feel like you can go receiver, receiver, and then start attacking running back and feel good about it like there's a lot of interesting names in there and wide receiver you're just like it's just not like in years past where it's you get your running backs and then you're like oh my god the receivers are so much better than the running backs you know mm-hmm. I, that's how i feel anyway maybe you guys disagree but that's kind of my incentive to try and get a receiver or feel good about taking a receiver in the first round and trends agree with that right there's more receivers going in the first round than we've seen maybe totally. forever or yeah, certainly I think in a so, long forever. time yeah. yeah uh yeah i i have jefferson first on my board as well i, I would describe it as like sort of um like he's got a soft grip on it. Like if I did 10 drafts right now, I would take Jefferson and probably six of them, five or six of them. And then I would ex- a little bit of exposure to Austin Eckler and maybe a case for Cooper cup, Jamar chase, Christian McCaffrey in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's nothing to do like all the arguments. You made. I mean, he's going to lead the NFL in targets most likely this year. He's got more receiving yards than any player at the three yards. Uh, through three seasons in NFL history, he's incredible. I don't have to tell you about how great uh, Justin Jefferson is, but there's also, I think there, there are worlds in which, Cooper Cup as the wide receiver one this year, or as great as the running back depth feels right now, it might end up turning to fool's gold, which often proves to be the case about halfway through the season. Yeah, I hear you. And what's interesting about Jefferson is like he left some points on the table last year, not his fault, but yeah. he was mm-hmm. an underperformer in the touchdown department, right? His expected yeah. total was over 10. He only had eight touchdowns last year. He had right? a quiet month too at one point yeah, last year. He so, really did. Yeah. So there's still more, you know, more available for him to to score so we might not have seen his best season I was gonna say, you know how crazy yeah. that is to say there might be more I'm, available to justin jefferson's really, game it's it's surreal yeah. all right so let's look at tier two then mike if jefferson is alone by himself how many of the pass catchers and running backs get packed into that tier two for you yes yeah, so i have a bunch in here austin eckler's uh would be my top running back okay. Jamar chase three christian mccaffrey four travis kelsey is in there at five uh and cooper cup at six actually a cup a few spots higher a little beat up right now i still have some i just it's like uh, bad vibes kind of with that team just because, man, the roster is is 
problematic. Like, that's another, we could do a whole pod on the Rams situation right now. The roster does not look good, and so much is going to be on the weight of Stafford and Cup this year, and it makes me a little nervous about an 18-game season with that much pressure. That was the thing that I mentioned recently, was that if you're looking for ways to break ties at this point of the board, is that if things go really poorly for a team, they can consider resting their stars. The Bengals are going to be in the mix no matter what for 18 games this year, unless Joe Burrow gets seriously hurt, right? Same thing with the 49ers and the Chiefs, where the Rams, like Matthew Stafford could be fine for 10 games and they could be two and eight this year. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking for the argument against Cooper Cup, it's that if they're two and eight and they have their eyes on Caleb Williams, is the prudent play to keep trotting out Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford? No. I'm going galaxy brain here, but in this league in which we see like one or two big name wide receiver trades, it feels like every off season Mm. is Cooper cup, the name to keep an eye on in 2024. That's a fun. That's uh, we're putting the card way before the horse here, but like, but it makes sense. If you look at that roster, I mean, literally the worst defense I've seen on paper since I've been in this industry. And that's with Aaron Donald on the roster, the best defender in the the defensive player in the game. Right. It's, it's, I don't think actually uh, an example really quick here yesterday I was talking about how uh, the bears signed Yannick Ngakwe, right? Yep. Huge. They had a, a really poor edge rushing situation, giving him 10 million to come in and be the number one makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. And people are like, well, and I was like, that's a big upgrade. They arguably had the worst edge rushing group in the league. And people are like, like that's laughable. Have you seen like, the they Rams? Clearly, you know, they were like, they clearly were the worst coming in. They still might be. I'm like, I just want, again, I, I don't want to be mean to like the Rams. Like they have a lot of young guys working hold hard on. there, but I'm like, hold on. But it's like, man, like, have you looked at, I don't, I don't think people have really looked at the Rams roster. Wait, Rams fans are smart enough to know this, Mike. They should. This is partly by design. Oh, yeah. This yeah. team went all in. Rams fans can't complain right now about Absolutely. the fact that no their regrets. roster is in shambles. No question. They got I, a ring. I agree. Cooper Cup is a legend. He might go in the Hall of Fame uh-huh. primarily because of his season in 2021. So the victor goes the spoils, and then after the spoils comes the crappy season that the Rams might have yeah. again this year. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay for people to acknowledge that the Rams have a very bad roster on paper and also remind them that they have something that for as great as the Bills look on paper this year and the Ravens and the Chargers and the Bengals and all these teams that have these wonderful young quarterbacks that we think are future Super Bowl winners, until you've done it, you haven't done it. Mm-hmm. And just go ask, guys. Aaron Rodgers is maybe the most talented quarterback ever. He's got one ring to show for it. Mm-hmm. All right. Like nothing's a guarantee in the NFL. The Rams got there. So I, that, that's an aside, but like, it's okay to, to acknowledge the truth when it's staring you right in the face. Yeah, I agree. The checks do now, but they already had the big meal, right? Like, they, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, they, no, they, I'm not saying they have any regrets, but the fact is the roster right now yeah, it's, is a massive concern yeah. for me. And, and that's why it makes me nervous about these guys. All right, let's go to tier three then, Mike, because uh, I agree with, I mean, so far, no major disagreements here. Tier three, Bijan Robinson, Tyree Kill, Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry. Like, I don't have any like spicy hot takes uh, on this, this tier three mm-hmm. and this top 10 in general. Like, this seems to be in line with how most people are viewing things we had a Bijan robinson conversation that seems to get people spirited one way or the other but mm-hmm. you of course are in on Bijan. yeah the, i mean we've i've uh, beat this uh stat to death i guess but the last six running backs picked in the top 10 have all been top 15 in uh, fantasy points per game all top 12 in fantasy points so that's good uh there's a reason these guys get drafted early because they're going to be feature backs i expect that to be the case and not to mention that atlanta Last year, as is, already led the NFL in running back rushing yards, right? So and he's in a, a great spot here. I have, I love getting him. It's it's a fun pick too, yeah. and you can get him in the middle of the first round. I'll do it all day long. Falcons I think averaged we, over 
160 yards rushing last year with Tyler That's Algier crazy. and Marcus Mariota. Imagine adding oh. Bijan Robinson to that. I'll so, ask you because I've got a lot of questions that have come since our running backs conversation. Yep. You guys are ignoring Tyler Algier. My retort is that, like, I thought Tyler Algier was rock solid for the Falcons oh, yeah, last totally year. Totally agree. The Falcons, at the eighth overall pick, had a chance to go so many different directions this year. And they chose yes. a running back. Like, exactly. Maybe the joke will be on me, but some would argue it's organizational negligence to take a running back in the first eight picks. One thing that I can guarantee you is organizational negligence is to take a running back eighth overall and not run him into the ground from the day he becomes a part of your team. And that's what every team that's done that has done yeah. too. Yes. We have history right. on our side on this one. So yeah, uh, I am. Yeah. I think Tyler Igier is as, capable of a security blanket as there is amongst backups running backs. But I think there's a chance that he becomes for fantasy purposes an afterthought as long as B. John Robinson's on the field. Mm -hmm. I've been asking Mike Rothstein this, our, our Falcons reporter, a bunch because they've also talked about putting Bijan out wide. You know, are they going to have Tyler Algier in the backfield and try to use him as a pass catcher? I know that they want to view him as a weapon. They want to view B. John Robinson as a guy that they can just get the ball to in space and be able to do that. So, uh, if it sucks watching a, a kid that you were really excited about last year that came on and kind of in spite of everything being a, what was he fourth fifth round pick to be able to fifth be the pick, guy yeah. that he was last year just to be replaced seemingly with Bijan yep. Robinson. All right, next tier, Mike. Uh, you have uh, did you come up with this this little this little note about this tier? I did. Okay, yeah. so eleven to fourteen, really good players, right? But yeah, you've noted like the vibes are a little off mm -hmm. for this tier, Daniel. What are the four players? Yes, yeah, so we got Devontae Adams, yep. Jonathan Taylor, Stephon Diggs. And C.D. Lamb. Easy exception. The vibes are fine, I think, with C.D. Lamb. But otherwise, uh, yeah, some, you know, Devontae Adams had some, you know, some qualms early in the offseason. I think he's maybe okay now. But who knows if they start struggling I again. I, I just, what? I can't get there yet with Devontae. No, you're, you're, I'm just like, he's so freaking good. Yeah. They were, they sucked last year and mm -hmm. he still had a monster season. Mm -hmm. Career high in targets. I've mentioned recently how he just, even with Brett Hundley, was an absolute stone cold baller. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy G is like, Listen, Jimmy G's not a top 12 quarterback, right? But he's like, on a given week, can be like league average. And that's plenty good enough, in my opinion, to keep Devontae Adams afloat. Fair enough. I mean, I don't have him top 10, where often we would rank him. I have yeah. him 11, so still, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm, I actually have him wide receiver five, as do you. So. Yeah. Have Same you place. adjusted um, Jonathan Taylor in your overall ranks yeah, recently? I did. I, did. I moved uh, him down a few spots. Okay. I know of uh, Derrick Henry ahead of him. Uh, a little nervous about it. I was kind of on the optimistic side, just because he's so young and talented, and, you know, running quarterbacks often will open up lanes, and... Uh, I, I just felt fine about him, but now I'm just a little nervous about everything that's going on. Could he be traded at some point, whether it's soon or <laughs> during, know, at the trade man. deadline, whatever yeah. it might be. I think the Colts are going to struggle this year. So maybe that happened. So um, yeah, moved him down, but still 12th. And of course, Stefan Diggs is, you know, uh, is much reported early off season uh, situation, but these guys will be fine. I mean, look, I have them all top 13. Yeah. They're going to be fine. Yeah. See lamb 14. Totally same fine. Kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Mike, did you see the uh, news that Jim or is spending a bunch of money on transporting an orca whale rather than paying down? I'm so glad you haven't seen this news because your reaction was priceless that right was there. Incredible. So you have no idea what Daniel's I don't talking know if about, this right? Is a joke no, this is, no, this is real. This is, very real. Oh, this is real. There is an orca <laughs> that needs to be transported to Seattle from like Miami. The expenditure of transporting an orca to Seattle from Miami is like literally $20 million. What? 
and Jim Ursay is stepping up to help make this happen. Okay, $20 million. So like, to, why does it need to be transferred? Just for fun? It's or for some, health? No, I think there's some sort of health concern okay, well, that can, can be alleviated that, right. in the Pacific Northwest and not in, in my... Puget Sound where the rest of its little like pod uh, is. That's okay. why they're doing it. So I like you said you can get behind it. Yeah, I mean, you I mean, saved yeah, a me life. Too. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you, the context. But the jokes you, write themselves. Uh, yeah, how long until Field you tweeted that? How long until Jonathan Taylor just comes to practice in an orca suit just to be like, all right, my turn. <laughs> no, yeah, I wish. I wish. That was our buddy Josh Norris who tweeted that. Josh <laughs> yeah, Norris, if you don't so follow good. him, he's Hilarious. wonderful underdog fantasy. One of my yeah, favorite tweets great. in a while there. Oh, so, so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, just tremendous, tremendous stuff there. But that I mean, is, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. The jokes Here's write the thing about, like, that's the thing about the X is that, like, you, you want to back away a little bit because of some of the stuff that you see on there. And like you put a tweet up and immediately you get like five bots or trolls who mm-hmm. just like rip you to shreds. And then you see these stories about Jim Irsay needing to pay 20 million bucks to get an orca from Miami to the Pacific Northwest. And you're like, you know what? I will never quit you. Yeah. I will never for. quit you. Although it took me like a solid five seconds to realize what you were talking about when you said X. Because I'm oh, sorry. Oh, so Twitter, Twitter X, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to be you called it X. You're respectful. Doing it. Yeah. All right, Tier 5, Daniel, what's happening there? Tier 5 is a short tier here, Mike Clay. Only three players and their three wide receivers. 15, Garrett Wilson, 16, Amon Ross St. Brown, Ooh. 17, A.J. Brown. Wow, typical Eagles bias from Mike Clay, yeah, having right. both Amon Ra and Garrett Wilson ahead of A.J. Brown. Explain yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, Look, A.J. Brown's fine. I think everyone's a little more optimistic than I am. A.J. Brown's fine. The, he's he's great. I love him. But um, I'm just, you know how I am with like, everything, oh, no, is, everything is like volume based is like great. But yeah. his efficiency is just like 99th percentile. And he keeps doing it. But he's the kind of guy that just breaks the model, essentially. Right. Uh, and he was actually out targeted by Devontae Smith after week one last season, too. Right. So you have two mouths to feed that offense. I could see dropping off just a little bit just because it's so hard to stay at that ceiling where they were at last year. So that's why he's a little lower. But obviously, I still love him. He's, he's going to be terrific. Um, you know, 17th on my board. But yeah, I've uh, I've got Wilson ahead now. I moved him ahead of both of those guys. I'm, I'm in. I'm in on the Garrett Wilson. I, I want to get him on my team. I just want Garrett Wilson. Yeah, no, I, I have both Ohio State wide receivers as like must to leave the draft with. Yeah. Garrett Wilson Got and him. Chris Olave. Slight discount, obviously, on Olave because yeah. of uh, what we didn't see last year. And that, well, I mean, they were both mm-hmm. awesome. I, I there's, I, I hate to say anything negative about Chris Olave. I think it's just different when you have Derek Carr as opposed to uh, Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, no. Um, yeah. By the way, these are tiers for a reason. You may have Garrett Wilson ahead of AJ Brown mm-hmm. and Amon Ross St. Brown, but like six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're all great. I mean, Garrett Wilson is a rookie with sixth in targets in that situation last year. Monroe St. Brown was seventh in fantasy points. And wide receivers. Yeah. These are all established, established wide receiver stars. ones. Yeah. You know pick, your, pick your favorite guy, right? All right Tier six is good. Let's get there. Yeah. T- Tier six is nice. A lot of running backs in this one. You got Josh Jacobs at okay. 18, Nick Chubb at 19, Tony Pollard at 20, and Jalen Waddell at 21. Let's start with, with let's start with Jacobs, Mike. I think it's important. Has this okay. changed since... The beginning of training camp. He's down a couple spots, okay. but uh, my larger concern was what I talked about all offseason, which is him leading the NFL in touches and yeah. over 300 carries. I posted this on social, like just what happens the year after a running back is 13 carries, and it's pretty much carries. all of them drop. 300 carries, yeah. yeah. They all drop off. Like it's probably like 33% off. They all miss games. Yeah. Almost every single one of them There's only games. one outlier, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, Derek Henry. 
yeah, uh, Henry, yeah, I think he was. Okay, he was, well, I think Todd Gurley maybe had like one. Was but bottom season, line is but, like you know, Derrick Henry is the only guy who's built for this. Yes, and when I say built for this, fair, I mean yeah. like just carrying the entire team on his back this year, and then the next year, and then the next year, and then the next year, right? Yeah, and even he, what last season was last year, two years ago, like missed half the season as well. You know what happened? Right, yeah, it's, he, it's finished, so yeah tough. he finished top ten in the NFL in rushing still when he. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Remember that he was ahead by like four hundred yards and then he yeah, got hurt. Yeah, two yeah, years ago, and he played half the season at nine hundred thirty-seven rushing yards and ten rushing. That's a guy who's. I mean, he's what, 29? He's going to turn 29 this year, and it's still like, man, I, I'll quit him a year too late. Derek 100% Henry. Like, too late just, on Derek Henry. That's an outlier. In part because he started playing later on that's as a rookie because of DeMarco yeah. Murray. Light work load in the first couple of years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Jacob's, you know, still ranked as a late second rounder in 10 teamers, yeah. but I'm, I've am i been nervous about him the whole... I loved him. We loved him last year, but this yeah. year I'm, I'm nervous about him. Can I bug you on one more guy in this tier? Please. Jalen Waddle. Um, mm-hmm. There are some people, and uh, this is like just... Remove the player, the team, the situation. Uh, there are people that will tell you, like, and you just made this point with Josh Jacobs. It's like you don't want to chase extremes year mm-hmm. over year over year, right? And Tua's yards per attempt last year was, like, exceptional to the point that, like, it's difficult to repeat from one season to the next. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be difficult for me to imagine Tyreek Hill dropping off because he's one of the three most talented receivers in all of football. Yep. Do you think Jalen Waddle's at all vulnerable this year that, like, he hit his let's call it like top five percentile outcome last season. And that's just difficult to replicate. Uh, it may depend on Tua tongue of Viola. Cause I've tweeted this as well, which is the splits with and without Tua. How for many Jaylen touchdowns? Waddle. Uh, so zero for com- Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle yeah, combined for zero touchdown stat. catches yeah. with Tua out of the lineup and Waddle's like Tyreek's like yards targets, that kind of thing catches were pretty similar mm-hmm. with and without, but Jalen Waddle's were not, I mean, they were like, he was, unusable in fantasy, like droppable if Tua was out. That's yeah. how bad he was when Tua was not in the lineup. So if we get a healthy season out of Tua and it's still an explosive high-scoring offense, remember Tua was top five in QBR and as totally. well last year. Yeah. He was very, very effective. So, uh, And also, they don't really have a third receiver, and they're not going to throw to the tight ends. I mean, they're going to force-feed 50-plus percent of the targets to two guys. Waddle, who's yeah. been awesome his first two years in two different ways, by the way. Like remember he was his first a short- year set the record for receiving yards, excuse me, receptions as a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. And then and last it was year, all yes. short range stuff. Last yeah. year, it was all vertical stuff. So 18 he's the point yards yeah. per catch last year after, let me get the number for this year. But yeah, 75 catches. Like that's the only thing is that uh, the wide receivers that you're like, you know, you had a Monroe St. Brown, a couple spots ahead mm-hmm. of Jalen Waddell. Amon Ra could have 120 catches this year, and it wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jalen Waddell had 75 last year during a very good season. A 40-catch discrepancy is just hard to overcome, even with better touchdown upside and, of course, better yards per catch upside. I mean, we still love him. I just mm-hmm. There are going to be a couple of players in the top 25 that don't return value. So I'm, I'm in on Jalen Waddell. I've got him ranked exactly where Mike does as well. I'm just trying to... Um, just find a couple of potential sliders. Yeah. I, th- I think part of this, too, is the conversation every year, right? Jalen Waddell is basically your first wide receiver, too, on this list. Would you rather have potentially a wide receiver, one that doesn't have the competition you know, behind him, or take a guy like Jalen Waddell, who's obviously the number two behind Tyreek Hill? It's always a fun conversation when looking at those kind of things, but Waddle yeah. is still going to be unbelievable this year. Mm-hmm. Let's move ahead to the next tier. Mike, it's all about quarterbacks. You've got yeah, all three quarterbacks here in this tier. Mahomes, Allen, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, so and we all of them kind of rank the same other than looks like field as Allen over Mahomes, but otherwise we're all we're all lined up here. So yep. uh whatever. I, I think they're all similar. I cluster I, you them pick your favorite. I honestly think it. they're all all three are super close. I do have Mahomes a little bit of a head a little bit ahead, but Allen and Hertz are right there. I mean Hertz was number one in fantasy points for game last year, right? So 
I uh, want to yeah. I want to challenge everybody. I uh, I'm writing a series of columns about mock drafts coming out this weekend. We're mm-hmm. going to have two different pieces. One about drafting a wide receiver with a top five pick and another one where you're using one of the early round draft picks on one of these top three quarterbacks. Okay. I just want to say if you're going to draft one of these guys or you want to go out and target one of these guys, I think it's really important to mock what it's going to look like because when you use that position, uh, you know, that draft slot early on a quarterback, you're inherently going to miss out on one of those top mm-hmm. running backs or wide receivers and you got to know how that board is going to fall from there. So. None of this is about don't draft one of those quarterbacks, but I think the mock draft series is about this in case you don't have a chance. Make sure that you go and figure that out because when you draft one of these guys early, it changes everything about the way that you would normally draft your roster because of that positional flexibility later on in the draft. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. All right, let's move on to tier eight then. I mean, unless you got this something to say. Fun. No, no, no. Well, I, I mean, I have my quarterbacks ranked a little bit lower than Mike. I think I have them at like 26 through 28. So I'm very far off from 23, uh, 22 to 24. How dare you, wow. sir? Thanks. All right, tier eight. A lot of questions in this one. Tier eight, Mike Clay starts with Brees Hall at 25, Travis Etienne at 26, DK Metcalf, T. Higgins is next, followed yeah. by Devonta Smith and Joe Mixin. Let's start uh, with Brees Hall, though. It feels, like, feels like sitting up. Are you ready to like yeah, trounce I, I, me? I, You're this, coming this for me is now? Like, uh, this is crossfire right now. Right. Uh, Brees Hall, let's start there, Mike. Okay. Uh, you have him as RB10, which is, I, I think, the highest amongst all rankers on ESPN. Oh, okay. Is that because you have not yet baked into the possibility of Dalvin Cook signing? Is that yes. because... All right, so, um, beyond that, you also, I'm assuming, are optimistic about him being available early in the yeah, season. Yeah, it's, it's both of those things. Okay. I, I got excited and jumped the gun there. But yes, both of those things. I did have him lower. I keep moving him up as there's been more and more optimism. I feel like that's faded a little bit more lately. Like it got, I it, do get that sense as well. Yeah, there was a lot of optimistic, and then it kind of leveled off. And like Javante's kind of passed him out. It's kind of been like those two. Like, where are they going to be? And Brees has been always like the guy most likely to play yeah. early and be effective. And then it's kind of leveled out. So... Um, but yeah, I have him sitting at 10 right now. I do think that he's going to play early in the season. And if they sign Dalvin cook, obviously I'm going to have to drop him. I still think once he's healthy, he'll be the one a there, but if cooks there, it's going to be problematic. So yeah, I'm, I'm holding steady for now. Um, it's I actually an interesting thought, one. Yeah. I, I actually thought there for like a day, I think we all kind of thought cook was going to sign there and now it maybe not like, it, I have no yeah, clue so, at this point. We so had so Diana Rossini on NFL live yesterday. And a couple of things that she mentioned were it's like, Hey, like, from what felt like a done deal is not a done deal yet, right? It right. could get done, but it's definitely not like a, a shoe in that Dalvin Cook will be a jet. He could mm-hmm. be a dolphin. He could be something else. Um, but secondly, was she did talk about how like, you know, one of the things that the Jets and Dalvin Cook hadn't quite agreed on yet was like the vision for the role while mentioning that if they want to ease Brees Hall into action, Brees Hall into action early in the season, Dalvin could be a massive component of that yeah. running as maybe the defense. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's the starter. Maybe he and Brees Hall play a 50, 50 snap share. Maybe it's that Hall only plays 60% of the snaps early and that jumps to 75 later. He's a tricky one. My guy, um, I've said this consistently is that like someone's going to be right on Brees Hall. I think that person might be guessing right more than like knowing for sure how the Jets are going to play this one, mm-hmm. right? Because I think even their mindset is a little bit subject to change as they see how he looks over the next three or four weeks before the season begins. Yeah, and part of this too is this this tier, right? I mean, we're going to talk about some other running backs here. We just mentioned them, ETN, Joe Mixon, and I just like, I don't know if they have the ceiling that Brees Hall does. They and, do not. And look, last year, Brees Hall, same kind of thing. Like he wasn't hurt. He was just a rookie, but he didn't play much the first two games. And then once they started to feature him, he took off and he was going to be a top 
probably a top three scoring running back last year had he stayed healthy. Uh, so even if he starts slow, I'm okay with that. It, once, especially because of the guys right after him, just in this tier, this range, I'm fine taking that chance on him. And then actually like a guys, a couple for, you know, rounds now, like Rashad white guys like that. Yeah. I think there's interesting names that are values at running back this year. I mentioned that earlier, but that's kind of why I'm willing to, take that shot on Hall here because I'm going to have other options to hold down the four early in the season. I want to ask about Travis Etienne because he's somebody I think yeah. in looking at this year, there is, I would love to be able, last year, over 1,400 yards from scrimmage, only five touchdowns. Would mm -hmm. love to see a little bit more touchdown equity. I would also love to see a little bit more passing game work, Mike. Is that something that looks like it might be in the cards for Etienne this year? I think it's possible. I mean, he was really good last year, top 10 in yards per carry and fourth at running back in yards per target. So he was effective when they did that. So I think that could expand um, the touchdowns were unlucky. Uh, only five touchdowns was 31st at running back in touchdowns, but that's he was 10th and expected with 9.2. So that's something that could regress to the mean this year. Uh, I've been hearing some tank Bisbee. Yeah, Bisbee. I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't. Um, I have Bigsby playing a, a pretty substantial role. Uh, but, a third but round he, pick out of Auburn. Yeah. If you're wondering why his name is tank, it's not because he's tiny. Just look uh, at him. Like he's the kind of guy that ironic. does a good That's job at the goal line. This is, an, this is not an ironic nickname here. No, okay. he is um, um, very unironically named Tank Bigsby. Yeah, I, I still think that uh, ETN is going to be, you know, the featured guy here. Yeah. And if he gets 15 plus touches a game and what should be a good offense, I do have some concerns about the offensive line. I'll, I'll admit that. Uh, but I still think ETN is really good and going to play a big enough role and a good scoring offense that he's going to be a, a fringe RB1. Yeah, this is the year where we find out whether we're just trying to make the receiving stuff happen too yeah, much, right? Agreed. Like it's his third year now, second year now playing, but uh, third year in the NFL, obviously missed his first season because of that foot injury, um, but it's the same system, right? And this is not like, hey, we saw it look one way with Urban Meyer in that offense, and then it looked a different way with Doug Peterson a very brilliant offensive mind, Doug Peterson deployed him as a receiver for just 45 total targets last year, resulting in 35 carries. So it may be that he is more of a workhorse runner than he is this dynamic, you know, Alvin Kamara type passing game threat, which we thought coming out of Clemson, yeah. he could be because he was one of the great pass catching backs in all of college football for his entire career. How much of that was exacerbated by the narrative that Urban Meyer at the time really wanted Kadarius Tony as like this gadget guy in that offense. And so we're trying to make Travis Etienne in part be that guy that No, I think he was like legitimately one of the best pass catching backs I'd evaluated in a while. Yeah, he was nails in the passing game in college so we just need unbelievable more we yeah. just need more volume but they, they may say hey why right like calvin ridley we've Christian got, we have a great like in a lot of their like that you know running backs to catch a lot of passes are often an extension of just like the short passing game well if you can take care of that with a bunch of wide receiver screens a bunch of rpos that include evan ingram like the number of like option routes that evan ingram was running last year where it was kind of like all right if i got inside leverage i go out if i got outside leverage i come in trevor lawrence can either keep the ball hand it off to, to travis Etienne, or just dump it to evan ingram like it might be that the functionality of their offense lends itself to less utilization for travis Etienne in the passing game mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, if he catches 40 balls and he'll carries it 250 times, he's yep. going to be fine, yep. right? This, he'll, be he'll, be borderline, fine. he'll be a fringe top 12-ish running back. 100%. Yep. All right. Let's look at T. Higgins in this list. There's okay, one more I've heard I don't want to talk about. I mean, this is a super, super pass-heavy offense. Yeah. We saw T. missed a couple of games last year. If he had been healthy, is there a way? Do you have a extrapolate his 13 games over an entire season? Because I think he was... He was pretty great. Um, he was uh, 2021 13th in points per game last year and 16 games, 19th. Uh, and that was, I think, removing the couple games couple where games. he just like left after a couple snaps. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, his target share fell last year. 
that made me a little concerned uh, for 24% to 18% as Jamar Chase kind of established himself as the clear number one. Uh, but again, I, it just didn't seem like he was fully healthy last year. There was like three games or yep. two, two, three games where he just left after a few snaps. So, um, and also he only had five end zone targets last year, which is not, he's six, four. Like that's not, that's not something we expected. He was 45th in, in end zone targets. That's unheard of for a guy like that. So, uh, I, I think he'll be better this year. I'm more confident that target share will rebound a little bit. The end zone targets will be up and, and he'll be fine, especially with all that focus on Jamar Chase and the second pass heaviest offense in the NFL last year. So still feel good about Higgins, one of the best young receivers in the league. And then they have a running back. I mean, it's the second pass heaviest offense in the NFL, and yet they have a running back in Joe Mixon, who has been a top 12 running back four mm-hmm. of the last five years. No concern about volume, even in spite of this pass heavy offense. Yeah, a career best uh, receiving production last season as it's well. Good. It was part of them uh, running, you know, throwing the ball so much. He was involved in that uh, passing game as well. So, did they put a lot of guys behind him in case anything? Like, is there any reason yeah, to worry? All superstars. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, there's not much there, but I mean, his his uh, usage really plummeted after he came back from injury last season. Yep. 73% to 53% of the snaps. Does that continue in at his age now? Has he become more of you know not yeah. a not a feature back, and they kind of use these other guys? But your point is correct, which is like Chase Brown, Travion Williams. I mean, that's who's next up. They're not established guys. Maybe they bring someone in though. Would yeah. not be surprising if like what Kareem Hunt, someone like that is. is that's interesting. Up, so. Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, even if Chase Brown has like a little bit of a role, like Samaje Piran had a role last year, so mm-hmm. they have to fill the Samaje Piran role first before we can get worried about cutting into the Joe Mixon role. Uh, one of the realities that we have discussed a lot over the past few days, Mike, is just that like how you build a roster in certain rounds is dependent upon what you've done all like up to that point already. So like Joe Mixon does not represent a super high ceiling mid to late third round pick. So if you've continued to settle throughout the early portions of your draft, be prepared accordingly. But if you've yep. taken a swing at a guy that you think has like some high variance, but that could be great or it could plummet and be a terrible season. Like Joe Mixon's a nice guy to pair that with, right? Yeah, like he is sort Brees of Hall. steady Eddie with Brees Hall. You know what you're getting out of Joe Mixon that even if you get like that bottom third outcome for Brees mm-hmm. Hall, you're still getting that whatever 15 to 17 points per game from Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. with you. All right. Is that your top 25, That's Mike Clay? Actually 30. So we had some top bonus 30. players yeah. in there. We had yeah. top 30. Wow. I, I come prepared. I, I, I just throw them in there. I'm just like, they say 25, I give you 30. That's wow. what I do. So do That's 10, how you 10, got jacked. 10 bench reps, I do 12. That's right? cool. so, what That's are you benching these days? What are you maxing it? <laughs> uh, well, I've, I used the dumbbells, right? I have okay. them, like custom dumbbells, so I'm doing like Custom uh, 40, dumbbells. The or whatever, I mean the, uh, oh, the, the okay. adjustable got ones, the adjustable right? Ones. So I'm doing, like, like, I'm doing like three sets of 10 of like 44s, like in each hand, which is... 44s. Like 44. They four don't make... Not 45 pounds? They make them before 44 pounds? No, those go 11, 22, 33, 44, 55. I was going to say, it's a very peculiar number. All right. Yeah, working my way up. I got to figure out how to like add mass because like i'm not like not eat i need more protein yeah how many macros you get per day i don't know man that's what i don't know i don't i don't know any of that stuff why i'm just lifting weights i don't know do you need why why are you trying to add mass i'm trying to i'm trying to not add mass in order to help take off my pickleball career there's supposed to be a pickleball game later on campus tuesday yeah it's on tuesday yeah yeah that's field day at campus yeah it is wait it's fields day at campus field day yeah i'll be here wait what do i have to do you just wear a king hat and walk around and that's oh, can I borrow yours? Yeah, I don't have a king hat. <laughs> okay. you Why would I have? I want to get field a king hat and have walk around, around campus all day. That would be so. That would be awesome. Uh, it's great to have you back, Mike. Yeah, Love, this, we'll, this let's do it again fun. sometime soon, shall we? We will do it. Okay, Mike Clay, uh, Mike Clay NFL on the Twitter and uh, X 
and Instagram and everywhere else that you find people on social media. For Daniel, I'm Field. We'll back on Monday. Again, check out any of our shows on the ESPN NFL YouTube page. Lots of content this week. One week in the books for Fantasy Focus. So many more to go. How about like on the curls? Are you... 44s as well or no? Uh, curls. I'm, I'm doing like 30. I think on those. 30? Or, sorry, 20, How many 20, for, for reps? Or for guys, No, no, no. Uh, yeah, three sets of 10. I do the only thing you should be curling is ice cream sandwiches to your mouth. Uh, yeah, I don't that's, like ice cream. That's interesting. It makes my tummy sad. That's like, interesting. It makes your tummy sad. Brain, yeah, brain.